Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer from the low, welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Easton Family Podcast, and you've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. We'll be joined by Holden Kushner in the second segment. He does a great job over there at Rumpier Bets, Rumpier Sports, and over here at Visa, he does the Denver City Cast. We've got a lot of city casts. It's pretty much taking a look at sports betting from a little bit more of a local perspective, like Daniel Avari does the one for Los Angeles, Danny Burke for Chicago, Will Hill for New York, Holden, he does his for the great city of Denver. We're going to be t- chatting with him a little bit about what we've seen with the Rockies recently. We're going to be taking a look forward at this series with the Arizona Diamondbacks, how he's been handicapping baseball, some of the things that he takes a look at that maybe doesn't necessarily register as much in terms of being able to gauge totals as well. I think that that's something interesting to do, taking a look at bullpen use, and then we're going to take a look at a few games for Friday, and then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast, and you've got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please to send these into the timeline and the other ways via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. 
Really didn't wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but had a fun yet small slate of baseball on Thursday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Heads up that a pair of games hang in the balance as I'm recording this. The Mariners and the A's game along with Padres and Dodgers. I'm on the look at today on VSIN from 10 p.m. Pacific to 1 a.m. That would be 1 to 4 a.m. Eastern time. So that is why I had to record this a little bit earlier and you're going to be seeing me throughout the 4th of July weekend and into the week that follows the 4th of July filling in on there quite a bit. So might be a little bit more truncated with the recaps over the next seven days as a result, but you'll get a little bit more of me and we wind up seeing the Astros and the Yankees in their very strange one-game series. I will never get used to a one-game series, but the Astros technically got the sweep due to one the final as for the Astros, they got both of their runs in the third inning as Alex Bregman was able to provide an RBI double and both pitchers in this game were terrific. Luis Garcia allows a solo run in five and a third innings to Anthony Rizzo, 21st of the season. Luis Severino, he gives up those two runs over the course of six innings. From there, Ron Metanacchio along with Albert Abreu were both able to give you a scoreless setting for the Yankees and then for the Astros. Hector Neres, Rafael Montero along with Ryan Presley I'll give you a scoreless setting and Ryan Stanek. Pair of outs out of the bullpen. So, nice under if you want to dig in that with my DK Nation pick and a good win for the Astros. Yusei Kikuchi actually provided a good start for the Toronto Blue Jays as Toronto gets a 4-1 win over the Tampa Bay Rays. It was looking like Jeffrey Springs wasn't going to get the start, but he wound up having a little bit of a family emergency come up. So Ryan Yarbrough was a boat guy with Matt Weisler being the opener. Weisler scoreless setting and then Kelvin Futcher, one and two-thirds innings out of the bullpen scoreless by Yarbrough. Ryan Yarbrough, he gives up four runs over the course of five and a third innings, including a pair of homers. And Santiago Spinal, sixth home run season, and Teoscar Hernandez is eighth. And for Mr. Kikuchi, just one walk, eight strikeouts in six innings, did wind up allowing a solo home run. Isaac Paredes is 11th home run season and is fifth in the last two weeks. From there, the Blue Jays' bullpen stepped up. Adam Simber, David Phelps, Trent Thornton, all able to give you a scoreless inning. The Pittsburgh Pirates walked the plank to an 8-7 win, the biggest underdog to be able to really cash as the Brewers were right around minus 140. And Adrian Docom, Doogie Hauser, pitched once again more like Doogie Hauser. So giving up at least three runs in seven out of his last eight starts. Two and a third innings, giving up three runs, including a pair of bombs. And the Brewers wound up having four pitchers enter this game. All four gave up at least one home run as Michael Perez gets three home runs. The third different Pirates since Father's Day to have a three-home run game. His fourth, fifth, and sixth home runs of the season as he also wanted to take it. Jason Alexander, Brent Suter, and John Del Gustave deep. The home runs at Hauser wanted to belong. Jack Swazniski, 13th home run season. And then you wound up having O'Neill Cruz get his second home run season as for our suitor, wound up blowing one of those bombs, giving up two runs in total in two and two-thirds innings. Jason Alexander gives up two runs in two innings, including one of those home runs, and then Gustave gives up another to Perez in his inning of work for Milwaukee. You did wind up having Christian Yelich be able to give you a triple in this one, and JT Burbaker, not necessarily the start that he was looking for, gives up four runs over the course of six innings to David Bernard, who's been solid for the Pirates all season long, gives up three runs in just 
two-thirds of an inning, but William Crow, Chris Ryan, both will give you a scoreless setting, and Yuri De Los Santos was able to get the final out of the game as the Brewers, they go 4 of 16 with men in scoring position, which wound up being costly. What was costly for the Atlanta Braves was thinking that Ian Anderson was going to be able to give any sort of a start. 14 of 4 the final. Ian Anderson might as well have been replaced by the musician as he wound up giving up seven runs over the course of two innings, giving up a home run along the way. Jesus Cruz then winds up coming in for two and two-thirds innings, giving up five runs, all of which were in, including three bombs. Darren O'Day, he winds up giving you four outs out of the bullpen, scoreless. Mike Ford, built Ford Duff, was able to give you a scoreless setting. And Jackson Stevens, he winds up coming in. He winds up giving you a scoreless setting. And Ford actually gave up two runs in his inning. As it was actually Stevens who wound up having the scoreless setting. But for the Philadelphia Phillies, they were getting hits off of everyone. As he wound up having the first two home runs of the season for Derek Hall. As he winds up getting home runs number one and two off of Mr. Cruz and Mr. Ford. Reese Hoskins gets his 15th home run of the season. Nick Cassianos is 8th, Kyle Schwarber is 23rd, and Aaron Nola wasn't necessarily super in this one. Gives up 4 runs over the course of 7 innings, including a pair of homers. Adam Duvall, 10th home run season, and Michael Harris, the 2nd, was able to get his 4th, but enough to be able to get a nice easy win as Jurisic Familia and Mark Appel were both able to give you a scoreless setting for the Phillies to be able to avoid a sweep at the hands of the Atlanta Braves. For the second time in two days, the Cleveland Guardians, they wind up being able to have a walk-off homer, give them a W as the Guardians. They take down the Minnesota Twins by a count of 5-3. Chris Archer, not a long start in this one. He gave up six walks and four innings, but evaded a lot of danger, giving up just one run along the way. Giovanni Moren, along with Ty Duffy, they combined to be able to give you three innings scoreless, seven punch-outs out of those two gentlemen, but Tyler Thornburg, after... Things were not necessarily so rosy for them in the 8th inning. He winds up coming back out for the ninth inning and allows a walk-off homer to Andres Jimenez for Jimenez. His ninth home run of the season as the Guardians do strand 11 men on base, but they get the W as Shane Bieber. He had a fever for giving up a few runs in this one. Three runs surrendered in six innings, but the bullpen, Emmanuel Class A, Brian Shaw, Trevor Steven, all able to give you scoreless innings as Minnesota just one of three with men in scoring position. So the Guardians, they wound up having a very nice series against the Minnesota Twins, of which they were able to do their part in being able to take three out of the last four games in that one. And then you did wind up seeing the Chicago Cubs completely pummel the Cincinnati Reds. This game is in the bottom of the eighth as I wind up doing this with Max Schrock currently in the game pitching for the Cincinnati Reds. And, well, the Chicago Cubs, they wind up putting up a double-figure amount of runs. As for Cincinnati, Graham Ashcraft, his start was a load of Ashcraft. He winds up giving up seven runs and got seven outs. Gave up a home run along the way. Going deep for the Chicago Cubs off of him, Patrick Wisdom. His 15th home run season, he would then go deep as well off of Dottie Moretta to be able to get his 15th home run of the campaign. As for Moretta, he winds up giving up two runs in an inning. Rod Stelweiler, a scoreless inning. And Revier St. Martin lowers his ERA to a 10-27. He wound up going two and two-thirds inning scoreless for Mr. Schrock. He wound up giving up a pair of home runs in his inning of work as going deep off of him. P.J. Higgins, third home run of the season. And Christopher Morrell, his seventh home run season, the Professor Kyle Hendricks, looked relatively solid for the Chicago Cubs, giving up two runs over the course of six innings. Did wind up allowing home run to Joey Votto, his sixth home run season. From there, you did wind up having Rowan Wick give up two runs, and then Chris Martin, a scoreless inning of his own as well. And as I record this right now, the Seattle Mariners have been able to get a deep fly off of Julio Rodriguez, as that is now his second straight game with a home run. And currently, as I record this, Dodgers and Padres, 
just getting going. But if you take a look at what we've all been getting in Major League Baseball this season and over the last 30 days, we got more overs than for the entirety of the season, though. We are starting to see that rain in as well. Over the last 30 days, 191 overs, 187 under. So it's right around 50.5% of games going over. So things have been very buttoned up there. It's really been all about favorites, though, in the last 30 days. 243 and 154 straight up for these favorites, hitting at a 61.2% clip. If you look at home favorites over the last 30 days as well, they've won 151 and 104 straight up, and there have been 47 instances in which a home favorite won by approximately one run, being unable to cover the run line, and we've noticed that a lot this season. As home favorites overall for the campaign, they have wound up going 426 and 296, but for those home favorites, They've been unable to cover the run line in now 135 different instances. If you look at totals overall this season, 51.4% is your rate to the under. 551 unders to 521 overs. So that's where we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up seeing on Thursday. Now let's turn the page forward to Friday, and let's go out to the great city of Denver, talk a little bit about the Rockies, and talk about some things to note with regards to things like weather and bullpen in terms of your baseball handicapping with a man that does a great job of being able to break down the game, Colin Kushner. That's coming up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Dienison, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. 
sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. 
Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. That's my game, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guest, as Holden Kushner does an absolutely terrific job with our city cast over here for VSIN for the city of Colorado. We do one for a lot of different cities. We've got New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, list goes on and on covered. And Holden does the one for the great city of Denver. He also does great work over there at Run Pure Sports and Run Pure Bets, taking a look at things from both a betting and a DFS perspective over there. And just me, when the NFL season gets going, he is going to be doing a great job with a lot of diff- different player props as well on that front. And to be able to follow Holden Kushner on Twitter, that is at Holden Radio altogether. And Holden, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. You just came on my show on the Mothership last week. And I'll be probably talking to you again soon. I got two shows coming up this weekend. And then next Tuesday through Friday, I'll be hosting Rush Hour. So we've got a lot of things to talk about here. It's starting to get a little quiet outside of baseball. This is the nice little, everything is fine. Everybody's focused on baseball now. There's not anything else going on. And then, yes, football, 70 days away or so and 40 some odd from the preseason. So I'm counting. Yes, I certainly am as well because it is going to be an amazing season. And being someone that grew up 45 minutes away from Green Bay, Wisconsin, you are born a Packers fan out there in that area. And you're a man that you live out there in the great state of Colorado. So it is a rocky state out there. And it's going to be an interesting series between they and the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's going to get started on Friday with Antonio Sensatello and Merrill Kelly going at it. And one of the toughest pitchers for me to gauge is Antonio Sensatello because he is the textbook definition of a pitcher contact guy. Someone that's not going to get a lot of strikeouts. And Someone who's allowing opponents to hit over a 350 off of him this season, and yet his ERA is not like nine. I'm not sure if you have a tough time gauging Antonio Sensatello, but anytime I take a look at an opponent and the opponent's batting average is above a 300 against him, I'm just here like, what in the world is going on? I just try and keep it simple with him. I'll back him if he's pitching at home, 
and I won't back him if he's pitching on the road. And I know it's very, very simple, but I've seen too much of it this year. You know, you go back about six weeks. I'll remember he was really struggling. His first nine starts were just, you know, you had a lot of garbage in there. He had a couple of bright spots, but for the most part, uh, or that, that was Marquez too. You've got, you've got a start against San Francisco that he left early and he had a back issue. Okay. And he was battling that through those first eight, nine starts. He came back and then he had Cleveland at home, San Diego at home. He took care of business in both those. The other start that he had, he didn't go deep, but it was against Washington at home. Now these are very small samples. I get it, Greg, but it's already difficult enough to try and figure out how this guy gets away with it. But at some point in time, you just have to look at a guy and say, this is how he pitches and he's just getting away with it for whatever reason. We can wait for everything to balance out. I'm not waiting for that. He's at home. So that's the first thing that I look at here. The other side of things, you got Merrill Kelly. I saw this line open up, by the way, at even money for the Rockies, minus 120 for the Diamondbacks. I just saw it. It was minus 115 for the Rockies. Early money coming in on the Rockies here. You've got Kelly, who's really struggled at course, too. And again, small sample, 17 and two-thirds innings, but... 17 two-thirds innings, he has an 8-1-5 ERA and four home runs given up. Again, rudimentary numbers here, but I'm just looking at this. It's not like the Diamondbacks are good on the road. They're not. They're 15-20. and 20. We know the Rockies are a much better team at home than they are on the road. They're 21-20 and 20 at home. They're actually a decent team at home. I'm going to give the edge to the Rockies tomorrow night for at least game one. The other two games in the series are interesting if you want to get into them, but just for Friday night's card, Kelly and Senzatella, I wonder where this line's going to end up, but I'm back in Antonio and the Rockies. Yeah, to your point, right now I am seeing the Arizona Diamondbacks at even money, and I don't know if I'll be able to back Antonio Senzatella here yeah. just because it has been so strange. And on top of that, with both of these teams, us, we do have Holden Kusher joining me on the podcast. It is a big case, which you got to be looking at the bullpens as well. And both of them have been downright terrible this year. Both of these teams outside of the top 20 in terms of bullpen ERA, with the Colorado Rockies, really their best reliever, Tyler Kinley, is out for the year at this point. And that has been a big demise for both of these teams because you do have, for the years of the Diamondbacks, a few trustworthy starters. For the Colorado Rockies, it's not so much a starting pitching that is out for them, but rather a lot of guys are just able to move the line, get on base in general. But when you wind up having two to three run leads, not be safe in the eighth and ninth inning, especially when you wind up playing out there in a division like the NL West, it's going to lead to a big demise for both of these teams. It's rough, but I'll say this over the last three weeks, and I got to go back and find the numbers. The bullpen has really performed much better for the Rockies. Believe it or not, they have gotten on track a little bit. So it's not the turnstile pitchers that you had out there with the Bugs Bunny, you know, the Bugs Bunny cartoon where they keep throwing, it's a home run, it's a home run, it's a home run. So I think that the bullpen's been a little bit better. I look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're they're just a bad team as well. They're only a game ahead of the Rockies, right, in the division. So it's just two bad teams going at it, and I'm going to back the team that is actually good at home as opposed to the team that's bad on the road. Yeah, I can't blame you there, especially with – the Colorado Rockies and just gauging their home field advantage because a lot of people, when they think of home field advantage, they think of the good old three points mantra in the NFL. You think of like Cameron Indoor being a little worth a little bit more than that in college basketball, but they really think of college basketball being the biggest sport for that. But I would say out of all the home field, home court, what have you advantages, one of the biggest ones that you're going to find in sports in general is when a team winds up having to go to elevation, whether that be 
the Denver Broncos in the NFL, whether that be the Denver Nuggets in the NBA or here, the Colorado Rockies, because having to go to elevation, especially when you really don't have much time off in between, that's a big adjustment. And if you're not if you're not used to it, I always think that game one of a series is always the best one to be able to back the Colorado Rockies because a lot of teams just in that first game, they're trying to get their wits about them and they're trying to get your breath at the end of the game. Some guys just love coming here and hitting, you know, other teams. If you're already gassed, coming for that first game is not a good one. Kind of like the Dodgers. You saw a sluggish Dodgers team. They played Sunday night. Then they had to fly out. It was after that emotional Brave series. Then they come here, and the Rockies got them in those first two games. That was very profitable. Yesterday, ugh. I mean, at least the other two was plus 170, plus 180, but I dropped both Rockies bets. It was frustrating. You know, you look in hindsight. I go, gosh, Arias gets bombed. He can't pitch here at Coors Field. What did he do? He went out and he pitched well. Rockies usually hit left-handers at home really well. Well, they didn't hit them that well. So things happen in baseball, right? Let's go back to the 10th because I really do think that going in blind saying, well, big picture here, what does it say? It says that the Rockies bullpen has been awful, but as a team, it's gotten a little bit better. Yeah, because if you look overall for the season, the Colorado sure. Rockies find themselves 29th out of 30 teams. The only oh. team that's worth is the Cincinnati Reds. So you can't do a whole heck of a lot worse than yeah. that. Yeah. I will say, at the very least, I haven't been the Cubs who have a north of six ERA over the last All three right. days with their bullpen. Last three weeks, an ERA is not a great. I'm just going to go find some stats. They're 12th in ERA at 3.36. Okay, that's fine, right? We don't we don't yep. care as much about that. Uh, walks per nine, 2.4. They are fifth in baseball in that time. So that's pretty good. They aren't giving up any home runs. And here's another conversation I think is kind of cool. How do you look at the bullpen and ultimately judge them? Here we go with XFIP. They are 12th over the last three weeks at 374. See, they're much more respectable team, uh, bullpen at least. But And I love WHIP too. I got to go find WHIP. What are your favorite numbers to look at when you're trying to find out how good or bad a bullpen is? They're eighth in WHIP too at 1.08. I think that a big thing that you take a look at is things on a per nine inning basis. You don't want to take a look at just the raw strikeouts, just the raw walks, mm-hmm. but how many strikeouts per nine innings, how many walks per nine innings are you getting as well? And just how consistent is it across the board? Because one bullpen that I take a that I've taken a look at and I just continue to warm up on more and more is the Baltimore Orioles because yes. I take a look at the Orioles and they've got four different guys that they consistently are out there giving you innings that have a sub-215 ERA. So it's not like they just have one guy that comes in there and he's the exterminator in the ninth inning and then everybody's got a 4 ERA, he's got a 3-5, things like that. It's across the board with the Baltimore Orioles who are number four in bullpen ERA, and that really bears through with regards to their run line record. Obviously, this is an Orioles team that they're not going to be winning the American League or anything like that, but and if you've taken them on the run line, you've got the best record in the big leagues in terms of the run line because they're typically catching a run and a half, a lot of one-run losses with being able to keep things close. So that's one that I take a look at that is intriguing. And then also the Detroit Tigers, because with the Tigers, they wound up losing four out of their top five starters. And even while losing all of those starters, they've been able to keep it together with the bullpen. So I mean, for as much flack as we want to give the Detroit Tigers, they deserve some respect there. And it doesn't necessarily bear itself in with regards to taking the Tigers on the money line, but rather taking a lot of their totals under because they've been a machine to the under. I like it. I mean, there are a lot of trends that you've seen at this point. We're just going to hop on them, right? I mean, we know exactly what a lot of these teams are, their weaknesses are. 
Like I've told you before, I'm a huge live better. For example, as you tape this on Thursday, right? I mean, I got two of the worst bullpens uh, as of late going at it. Well, the Reds bullpen's a travesty and mockery. And then you got the Cubs bullpen that's been struggling a bit. I mean, if Kyle Hendricks doesn't end up getting rocked tonight, I'm going to bet the hell out of this thing live. With the wind blowing out, I think there could be some bullpen issues. It's very important to take that into your handicapping, too. I wonder how many people leave it out of their process because I can't imagine that if they do, they're very successful betters. Yeah, and I found that to be very intriguing, too. That entire Reds versus Cubs series, you saw a lot of the wind blowing out, and and you wound up seeing it. Certainly on Wednesday, as of Thursday, it is a little bit to be determined as to what we wound up getting there, as we do have Holden Kusher joining me on the podcast. But that Wednesday over with Hunter Green on the mound, that was one that was very easy to be able to come through. You're someone that you're out there in Colorado, and you know that the Rockies with their home games time and time again, they always wind up having by far the highest totals on the board, as we're seeing it right now for that Arizona Diamondbacks game. We're finding it right around an 115 as we wind up recording this. And I do think that it is so critical because I still remember we were talking about this. I don't remember if it was on my show or your show, but when it comes to gauging some of these teams out there on the West Coast during the nighttime, the ball just does not wind up flying the same way as during the daytime. And gauging like the Oakland A's at home when you wind up having a 1 o'clock game versus a 6 o'clock game, it's almost... I mean, to use a really bad pun here, night and day as to how the ball winds up flying because it is so different. We've discussed it. We did. We discussed it before. I just have a hard time taking overs a lot. Uh, In Los Angeles at night, San Diego is going to be out there. Big series, right? That's my cat, by the way. I just adopted a 14-year-old cat to to appease my children. You never know what you're going to get with me. You're going to get cat interruptions and you're going to get uh, stories about not betting West Coast games. T-Mobile Park, Seattle, forget about it. Oakland, forget about it. Marine Layer down in San Diego. It's big ballpark in L.A. San Francisco, we're not bothering with. Sometimes Anaheim, but they really need like a heat wave. I need like 95 degrees at night. You don't see that that often. But yeah, West Coast games, either the total's got to be egregiously low or I got to love something to bet an over out there. Yep, and to your point, the big reason why I wound up taking the over in the Orioles versus the Seattle game on Wednesday is because that was a daytime game and you sort of knew, mm-hmm. all right, a lot of these numbers that we've been seeing in these nighttime games, we should be shading them up just a little bit. Awesome both was on the mound, wound up having the Orioles bullpen begin to see a little bit of regression and boom, that one wound up hitting. So I'm in agreement with you there as we do have Holden Kusher does a great job over there at Run Pure Bets, Run Pure Sports, along with the Denver CityCast joining me on the podcast. And when it comes to what we're all going to be getting on Friday, we wound up talking about what we're getting in Arizona versus Colorado. But are there any games that really catch your eye, whether it be from a betting perspective or maybe even not just a betting perspective? Maybe you just want to see a little bit more out of a team, maybe a little bit more out of a pitcher, just be able to gauge them a little bit more for some bets that you're going to be making more towards the second half of the season. In the second half of the season, Peterson, come on, man. I don't even know what's going on tonight. What ahead of, What is ahead of me tonight? I'm not sure, my friend. But there are a couple of series, almost because of a nostalgia, I want to see Boston at Chicago. You know, that's starting up. Anytime you have the Red Sox at Wrigley, it just it never used to happen. And two historic franchises. So just from a viewing standpoint, that's a couple of games that I will definitely be looking at. I think this Cardinals-Philly series is going to be interesting, especially game one coming up tomorrow night, Friday night, with Mikolas against Falter. 
And the Cardinals are starting to establish. I mean, they've established themselves. They're one of the best teams in the National League. Uh, the Phillies, who be coming off a monster series against the Braves, too. I wonder how they're going to go into that series. Atlanta gets to go to the Great America Small Park. So we'll be looking at some <laughs> Mike Miners on the mound. We'll be looking at a team total over, my friend. I'll guarantee you that. I'll be digging into that for the Braves going up against Max Fried. So I'm just looking at the schedule right now. There is some pretty intriguing stuff. And like I said, we've got D-backs, Rockies. Boy, that Padres dot. What do they? What do you set the line at for Blake Snell versus Gonsolin? Oh, man. Tony Gonsolin, by the way, I feel like he deserves a little bit of recognition in terms of the Cy Young Award as of right now. I wound up setting Gonsolin just below a $2 favorite. I couldn't quite make him a $2 favorite, but I felt like in that minus 190 range was relatively solid. And as we're recording this, I'm seeing it between about a minus 165, minus 170-ish. Yeah, uh, this is the World Series for the Padres, man. They got to beat these guys. The total is what I'm interested in. And I think, I mean, we're looking at what, maybe a seven, a six and a half? Seven and a half. Seven and a half? Yep. I mean, they're just daring me to bet the under in that one. With Gonsolin on the mound, I know Blake Snell has been difficult, but is it just me that notices the Dodgers offense has not been the same without Mookie Betts? I mean, they just have not gotten on track. And I just saw it again out here in Colorado. I know they went off last night, but those first two games, it's just not been as consistent. The problem is, Blake Snell, he's, he's pitching the contact now. I was about to say the walks as well because you oh, don't even need him. the Dodgers to be able to put back the ball. He's just going to put guys on base. He wanted to get one in, and there's your runs. Yeah, I got a, I got a hard time thinking that's getting an eight. I'll be looking into that. That's one I'll definitely – we're just talking about the unders. I mean, the Dodgers are not the offense that we thought they were going to be coming into the season, and even that they were when they had Mookie there. Cody Bellinger, I still believe that in that 2020 World Series when his shoulder wound up popping out, that was a much bigger deal than what we <laughs> wanted making it out to be because he has not been the same player ever since then. Justin Turner has went down the toilet bowl, Max Muncy hitting below the middle of the line a few hundred, so it certainly has not been going well for them. I am in agreement with you there, but it's certainly been going much better for you, Holden, because you do a great job with everything that you wind up doing. The Denver City cast for us over here at VSIN, you mentioned it at the top. You're going to be filling in on quite a few shows for the 4th of July. I guess you call it extravaganza week, for lack of a better term. So we're going to be doing a lot of work this next week, my man. And I know you do a great job holding it down. And you, much like myself, are getting set to see Minions the Rise of Gru as well on Friday. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media when you're not watching movies and everything that you've got going on in general. At Holden Radio, that's on Twitter. Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers, the podcast. Vison runs my podcast. It's pre- presented by Bet Rivers, though. Love the Bet Rivers. They got some really good odds on NFL futures right now. You're going to get some good numbers. Anyways, player props and awards, basically. But you can do that. And I'll be hosting Rush Hour next week, Tuesday through Friday. I got a four hour show Saturday, maybe afternoon. And then we got Bet Center coming up on Sunday. So really busy. It's always good talking with you. And since I'm on so much, I'm sure. We'll be just talking again next week. Oh, absolutely. And I'll be doing a lot of the look at next week as well. So that Ooh. is going to be a lot of fun. So myself and Holden, we're going to be getting extra prime time, I guess you could say, <laughs> with regards to what we're all going to be seeing on VSIN. And Holden certainly deserves it because he does an absolutely amazing job with our city cast. He does a great job over there at Rump Pier Bets, Rump Pier Sports. 
one of the best finds that you're going to find in terms of handicapping baseball. It is always a pleasure to get him on this podcast. Big thanks, Holden, for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time to podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a Chill Mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on Chill Mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. Oh. 
OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Always a pleasure to get Holden Kushner on the podcast. He does a great job with the Denver CityCast, something that we do over here at Beeson, powered by Bet Rivers, taking a look at 
sports betting from a little bit more of a local perspective. He holds it down over there at Denver. We've got Daniel Alvari doing Los Angeles, Sandy Burke doing Chicago, and then you wind up having Ryan Rossine doing Philadelphia. Will Hill does a great job in New York. List goes on and on. We've got many of them, so always great to get those gentlemen on the podcast. And today it was our good friend Holden who wound up joining me. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time in the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and then any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. And we are going to be beginning with this first National League game of 901-902 on the betting board. It is the St. Louis Cardinals on the road facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies. Bailey Falter will up to not have a falter for the Phillies. And Miles Michaelis is on the bump. For St. Louis, St. Louis, and between a minus 138 and a minus 150 favorite. Meanwhile, with the Phillies, it's saying between plus 125 and plus 135. 9-9.5 to is your total on the 9, over is minus 120. The under is even on the 9.5. The under is minus 120, and the over is even with the St. Louis Cardinals. I think are in pretty solid hands with regards to Miles Michaelis, so I was willing to set them as a rather sizable favorite in this spot. I want to make them a minus 139, so seeing the low end of the market at a minus 138, I would be willing to lay it, and if you're taking a look at the run line in this spot, you're finding it right around a plus 105 on the St. Louis Cardinals. I disagree with that. I do think that this is going to be a one-run game that the St. Louis Cardinals are able to win, and if you do wind up getting down to, say, like a minus 115, a minus 120 with the Phillies, taking a run and a half might not be the worst way to be able to go about this, but take a look at Michaelis and what he's been able to do. He wound up having that near no-hitter against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he's actually been a little bit better on the road this season. 253 road area. 260 at home. He has been able to do a nice job of being able to keep things out in front of him in terms of the walks. 1.8 walks per nine innings. Not a high strikeout guy, right around seven and a half punch ups per nine innings, but has only given up nine home runs. Meanwhile, for Bailey Falter, this is going to be his first time on a big league mound in a few weeks. The last time he wanted getting a start was the 17th of June, and whenever he's gotten an opportunity, it hasn't been too bad. There were a few unearned runs allowed behind him when he wound up having a start against the New York Mets earlier this season and throughout his career has had a little bit of a problem giving up the deep ball overall right around 1.8 home runs per nine innings but his walks per nine rate covers in the neighbor of two he's able to give you eight punch outs per nine innings relatively solid numbers at the minor league level and the Philadelphia Phillies are coming in riding high as they were able to put up a double digit amount of runs in the first three innings of their game against the Atlanta Braves yesterday and though they are going to be missing Bryce Harper moving forward you do have guys who are able to get on base for this team as JT Riamito, someone like a Yohan Camargo, Med Veerling, Reese Hoskins, Nick Cassianos. These guys are hanging between about a 235 to 250, and Hoskins hanging right around at 300 with uh, quite a few home runs in recent days. You've been able to get a little bit more out of Alec Bohm, DD Gregorius as well, hitting a 265, and then Kyle Schwarber. Batting average should not necessarily there, right around 220, but 23 home runs thus far this season. You take a look at the flip side, though, for the St. Louis Cardinals, and Paul Goldschmidt deserves some recognition, perhaps for that NL MVP award, not necessarily be number one at this point, but I think that he should be towards the top, hitting a 340 with 19 home runs. He has been magnificent for this team, and then 
You've got a lot of guys who are able to get on base behind him. Juan Yepes, Tommy Edmond, along with Nolan Arenado. These guys are in between about a 270 to 285 with 14 home runs. I have Nolan Arenado. You take a look at some of the other younger guys like Nolan Gorman, Harrison Bader, Dylan Carlson. These guys hitting between about a 255 to a 260. Brendan Donovan, he's been a little bit banged up, but he's hitting 300. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, they've got a leg up when it comes to bullpen. Ryan Elsley, they wind up having a little bit of a tough time against the Miami Marlins, but he's got a sub-2 ERA. Giovanni Gallegos has been very solid out of the bullpen. They aren't currently dealing with an injury to Genesis Cabrera, but Junior Fernandez, I believe that this is a man that has yet to give up an earned run since he wound up getting recalled up to the big leagues. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, with Falter taking the bound, they're probably going to need to utilize their bullpen quite a bit. Craig Knabel has been solid in his new 7th inning role, but Nick Nelson, he's got nearly a 5 ERA. Andrew Bellotti has had a little bit of a tough time. Mark Capel, the former number one pick, he's actually looked halfway decent in his minor league appearances. Or Anthony Dominguez, he's able to give you some good innings, but I did wind up saying the soul at an 8.8. Falter, I think, is going to be able to give a relatively decent start, but I think the Miles Michaelis is going to be able to come in. He's going to be able to do a terrific job with St. Louis. I do think that this is going to be a one-run game if you're getting less than a minus 140, well, you're looking at the Cardinals saying, hey, you're getting more like a minus 120, minus 125. Take it and run in half with the Philadelphia Phillies. Not necessarily bad there. I'm going to look to try to be able to get St. Louis under a minus 140 on the money line personally, though. And with my total set, it at an 8.8. So looking under as well. 903, 904 is going to be the DK Nation pick as the Miami Marlins. And third, they're going to be facing off against the Washington Nationals. As for the Nats, it's Josiah Gray and Trevor Rogers is going to be on the bump for Miami. Miami's finding themselves as an underdog. Any between even money and plus 112. Meanwhile, with Washington, it's anywhere between minus 110 and minus 122. Nine is your total. The over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even a minus 110. DK Nation pick is going to be on the Miami Marlins. It has been a really, really bad year for Trevor Rogers, but he has been significantly better on the road this season. He has made eight road starts, six home starts. He's got an 839 ERA at home with seven home runs surrendered in 24 and two-thirds innings. Three home runs at 38 in the third innings. Allowed on the road. On the road, opponents are hitting nearly 80 points lower off of them. That ERA, it is cut in half, right around 8420. And when it comes to Washington Nationals, they just do not back up their starters with a very good bullpen whatsoever. Steve Cizek, he's been posting up north of a five ERA. Carl Edwards Jr., to his credit, he's been able to give you a sub three ERA. But then you wind up getting into guys like Erasmo Ramirez, Andres Machado, north of four ERAs out of them. What I will say about Josiah Gray is that he's actually been very good for this Washington Nationals team recently. And as a matter of fact, give it up a combined four earned runs over the course of his last five starts, but wound up having three plus walks in three of those starts. And I do think that there's going to be a couple of hiccups and struggles with him. You take a look at Mr. Gray, and he has been significantly worse at home than he has been on the road. 201 road ERA. 5.91 ERA at home, giving up 10 bombs in 35 innings. And for the Miami Marlins, not a team that necessarily has a whole bunch of guys that are able to take you deep, but you do have quite a few guys that are able to do a nice job being able to find a way on base. Jesus Aguiar, who's been a little bit banged up, he's been hitting right around 250 along with Jazz Chisholm. Miguel Rojas, after you wound up having a very rough start to the season. He's been able to come alive a little bit recently, hitting about a 280 over the last 30 days. Garrett Cooper's hitting above a 300. You haven't been able to get a lot of firepower when it comes to some of the more star bats as Jesus Sanchez along with Avicio Garcia, Oreya Soler, Brian De La Cruz. These guys are in between about a 210 to a 225, but with Soler, 13 home runs, Chad Shislam, he's got double-digit amount of pops as well. That has been able to help out the team. And for the Washington Nationals, you do have a lineup that gets on base, but they don't necessarily have that home run power. Juan Soto does have 14 home runs as far this season, but sitting at 225 right now, 
He was the front runner for National League MVP coming into the season. It has not panned out from now. Josh Bell sitting at 320. He's been able to give the team 11 homers. That has been solid. And then we've got quite a few guys that have been starting to rest a little bit. Mikel Franco, Kibet Ruiz, Cesar Hernandez throwing their Nelson Cruz. These guys are in between about a 250 to a 265. And Yadier Hernandez in a 275. But guys like Victor Robles and company, guys out there in the outfield, they haven't necessarily been able to hold up their end of the bargain. And this is a Washington National team that have been one of the worst home teams out there in all of baseball. 14 and 27 at home. As a matter of fact, they've been a little bit better on the road this season. So I do think that Josiah Gray is going to wind up having his issues. Trevor Rogers has had a relatively rough start to the season thus far. I do think that he's going to get a little bit more online in this one. So the DK Nation pick is going to be on Miami on the money line. I set them more around a minus 120. Personally, set my total at a 9.1 as well. So on the 9, looking over. 905, 906 on the betting board. The inline Braves are going to be on the road facing off against the Cincinnati Reds. Mike Miner hopes to not be a major disappointment for Cincinnati. And Max Freed is going to be on the bump for Atlanta. Atlanta in between a minus 230 to a minus 250 favorite. Meanwhile, take a look at Cincinnati. And if you find them anywhere between a plus 195 and a plus 215, 9 is your total. The over is minus 120 to a minus 125. Under is anywhere between even a plus 105 and with a brace. If you're looking to lay this run line, it's anywhere between minus 145 and minus 155. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 130 with it. And with the Reds, I need at least a plus $2 to be able to take a shot. And we have gotten there. Now, Mike Miner has been a major disappointment this year. And I'm not here to call him any sort of a great pitcher. But you've now got north of a 230 favorite on the road in the Atlanta Braves, and I just can't trust them in this spot at this high of a price. Now, you take a look at Max Fried, and he's actually been a little bit better on the road than he has been at home this year. 292 home area, 248 ERA on the road, giving up just one home run in 32 and two thirds innings, one away from Atlanta. Overall, opponents are getting a 234 off of them, but you do take a look at this Reds offense, and they have been inning right around a 260 at home. This is a top five offense in terms of runs per game when they have been at home. Now, they also back up their man and Mike Miner with a bullpen that is currently dead last in the big leagues in terms of VRA. Alexis Diaz is currently on the injured list. Hunter Strickland has been no good for this team. Art Warren is north of a 5 ERA. It has been a rough go of it for Luis Sessa as well. But you do take a look at this Cincinnati team, and they're averaging right around 1.25 home runs per game when they are at home. They are hitting a 263 overall, and Brandon Drury, I mean, he's got eight home runs and a 315 batting average when he has been at home thus far this season. Tommy Pham is nearly a 375 on base in his friendly confines of long Joey Votto, Alberto Mora Jr. Overall sitting about a 275. And for the Atlanta Braves, this team has really been able to barrel teams up. Going into yesterday, you had Dansby Swanson hitting it right around a 295. He, along with Matt Olson, Marcel Ozuna, Travis Arno, all between 11 and 14 home runs this far this season. And Austin Riley entered into yesterday, hitting a 250-18 home run. So, got a rock-solid team there. And for the Atlanta Braves, the bullpen is certainly a bit more of a strength for them rather than the Cincinnati Reds. But they did wind up having to dive into their bullpen quite a bit yesterday with Ian Anderson only being able to complete two innings. So, Asus Cruz, now the full day, wound up having to pitch Darren O'Day. Yesterday, Jackson Steven, he's got north of a 4 ER over the last three dates as well, so we've seen a little bit of regression there, and the big thing for Mike Miner is just trying to be able to keep the ball in the yard, as he's not been able to do a good job of that so thus far. 771 ERA, he's given up at least three runs in every one of his starts thus far this season with 10 bombs, given up in 25 and two-thirds innings. Now, I mean, is Mike Miner a Mona Lisa Vito of pitching? No, but at the same time, his home runs per nine rate, that is well north of two right now, 
Got to figure that there's going to be a little bit of positive progression there. And I think that Mike Miner does enough to be able to warrant a play here at a little bit north of $2. So with the Cincinnati Reds, I do think that they are going to be able to get their offense going, even against Max Fried and a little bit of a tire bullpen. Semi total at a 9.1. So seeing the 9, I'm going to be taking a look at the over. And with getting north of $2, going to be taking the plus price with the Reds, 907, 908 on the bank board. The Milwaukee Brewers hit the road face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. As Ronzi Contreras is going to be on the bump for the Buccos. And Coben Burns is going to be on the bump for the Brewers. So Brewers, a pretty sizable favorite. Anywhere between minus 180 and I'm seeing as high as a minus 210. Meanwhile, if you take a look at the Buccos, it's anywhere between plus 165 and plus 180. And this game is 7.5, under is minus 120. And the over is even. And if you're taking a look at the run line of the Milwaukee Brewers, you're going to be finding that anywhere between a minus 105 to a minus 115. I was willing to lay up to a minus 120 on them, and I needed at least a plus 190 to be able to take a shot on the Pirates. So I'm going to be looking at the Brewers on the run line, and not necessarily because I think that the Brewers are going to be scoring a bunch of runs. I said my total is 6.7, so I'm also looking at the under, but with Corbin Burns, the guy has been unhittable on the road the last two seasons. Last season, he had an ERA that was lower on the road than at home, and thus far this season, his ERA is nearly half of that that it is at home. Buck 64 road ERA in seven starts. He has allowed four home runs over the course of 44 innings. And opponents are a buck 94 off of him. His swing and miss stuff. It is still electrifying. 11 half strikeouts per nine innings. Walks per nine rate. That hovers in the neighborhood of two. And then you take a look at Mr. Contreras. And ever since he wound up getting called up to the big leagues for the Pittsburgh Pirates, he has been masterful. He wound up making a couple appearances out there in the bullpen. So he's only had seven starts out of his 10 total appearances. But he's got a 276 ERA overall. I've got to feel like there's going to be a little bit of negative aggression from at home, though. He's got a 456 road ERA compared to a 0.48 ERA at home. In 18 and two-thirds innings, he has allowed one earned run, which was a sole home run a little bit earlier. Opponents are a buck 74 off of him. I do think that the young 22-year-old in Contreras is solid. I just question what we've been seeing thus far as I do think that things are going to be rained back a little bit more on him. And you do take a look at this Pittsburgh Pirates offense, and it is not good. Good luck hitting Corbin Burns with having a bunch of guys like Daniel Fogelback, Josh Van Meter, throwing their Jax Wisniewski, Hoy, Park, Marty Perez, only a 225 or lower. I will say Fritz Wisniewski, he did wind up having a three home run game a little bit earlier this season. And Brian Reynolds, earlier in the week, wound up having a three home run game. Reynolds and Swazinski both have been able to give you between 12 and 13 home runs thus far this season. Reynolds and Cabrian Ace both hitting a 260. And you do have a little bit of a younger outfielder in Belay Madrias who's been able to get on base as well. And then you do take a look at the Milwaukee Brewers. And you really don't have anyone other than Mark Brasso that's hitting above a 265 for this team. But up and down the boulevard, Christian Yelich, Rowdy Tellez. Hunter Renfro, who has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. Andrew McCutcheon, Alonso Omar Narvaez. All these guys have been hitting right in that pocket about at 245 to 255 with Narvaez. A little bit higher than that. Rowdy Tellez, he's been able to give you 15 home runs thus far this season. And for the Brewers, you've got that dynamic ninth and eighth inning duo of Devin Williams along Josh Hader. That rocks out, but on top of that, Hobie Milner has been able to give you good innings along with Brian Boxberg. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, even though all but five of their wins have come out of the bullpen, you do have your question marks with someone like a Yuri De Los Santos, Aaron Fletcher, whenever he's been out there, Ethan Embry. These guys have not been great other than De Los Santos, who's actually been halfway decent. Tyler Beatty is able to give you some solid innings to David Bernard, north of a buck fifty ERA, but south of a two ERA. So he's been able to do a nice job being able to hold it down with the team. But I think the Corbin Burns is going to be able to shut down a Pittsburgh Pirates team that time and time again has had a tough time being able to put up 
offense, set my total at 6.7, so I'm going to be taking a look at the under. And with the Brewers, willing to lay up to a minus 120 on the run line with them, so look at Brewers' run line, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. 909-910 on the bank board, the Arabs and the Diamondbacks, the third faceoff against the Colorado Rockies. Antonio Sensatella is going to be going for Colorado. Amiro Kelly is on the bump for Arizona. Arizona is finding themselves anywhere between even money and plus 112. Meanwhile, with the Colorado Rockies, it's anywhere between minus 115 and minus 122. 11.5 is your total over and under. Anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. I wound up setting my total at an 11.7. So I'm going to be taking a look at the over and with Arizona. I did wind up making them a very slight favor. We wound up talking about this with Olden Kushner and I just still cannot wind up getting behind Antonio Sensatello with the way that he just winds up giving up so much contact in general. Thus far this season, he's got a strikeouts per nine rate that is in the neighborhood of about five. And with Antonio Sensatello, it's just amazing that he's got a 352 home area with opponents taking a 365 off of him. The opponent's batting average is higher than his ERA at home. It just is mind-numbing as to how that winds up working. And he's given up four home runs overall over the course of 58 innings. Now, to the credit of Antonio Sensatello, right around 2.1 to 2.2 walks per nine innings. So he's been rock solid there. And then you do take a look at Merrill Kelly. And he's been able to have some very good performances at home. Sometimes falters a little bit on the road throughout his career. He's had an ERA that's over a full point better at home than on the road. But he's ironed that out a little bit more this year. 406 road ERA. 340 ERA at home now. Going to Coors Field is a whole different animal, but for Mr. Merrick Lee, five home runs surrendered in 84 innings thus far this season. Walks per nine rate, a little bit high, right around 3.2. And he's a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy himself. Seven has strikeouts per nine innings, but with the Arizona Diamondbacks, this is a team that they're generating right around 1.4 home runs per game on the road. Christian Walker has been the headliner for this. 19 home runs overall now. It's an Arizona Diamondbacks team that they only had 215 as a collective, but it's actually a little bit better on the road. You've got Quetel Marte of the Marte Park. Who's hitting right around at 260 for this team? Alec Thomas, along with Josh Ross, throwing their David Peralta. These guys are in between about a 240 to a 255 as well. So you do have guys that are starting to get on base for the team. And then for the Colorado Rockies, they have been able to average right around 1.25 home runs per game when they are at home compared to about a half a home run per game on the road. That's a big giant split. They did wind up getting Chris Bryant back towards the back after their series against the LA Dodgers. Might take them a little bit of time to be able to rein things in, but that's big for them. CJ Crone, 17 home runs as far this season. 13 of them have wound up coming at home. Brendan Rodgers of his seven home runs. All of those have wound up coming at home, and many of these guys for the Rockies are hitting right around 40 points better when they are at home rather than on the road for the Colorado Rockies as a collective. They're hitting 282 at home. Take a look at what that winds up being on the road, more like a 238, and it winds up going for a lot of their bullpen pieces as well. Someone like a Lucas Gilbreth, he winds up seeing his ERA drop by over three points whenever he's at home. Robert Stevenson, he's been relatively consistent home to road, but he has been having a little bit of a rough year. Tyler Kinley, he's had his issues. I know that we wound up having Holden outline the fact that the Rockies bullpen has been a little bit better. I have a tough time having much faith in them and for the years in the Diamondbacks. Sean Poppin has been able to do a solid job in this bullpen along Kyle Nelson and you're able to throw in their Joe Manette. Typically all these guys have a sub-3 ERA, but you certainly do have your guys like a J.B. Wendell, Ken, Caleb Smith, Noe Ramirez that you don't have a lot of faith in either, so I did wind up saying this total. I had 11.7. I think that lots and lots of contact going to be made in this one. I do think that Merrill Kelly going to give up a little bit less hard contact, so I'm going to be taking a look at the over and I'm going to be taking a look at the ears and the Diamondbacks. Signed 11-9-12 on the main board. The Slime Diego Padres hit the road to face off against the LA Dodgers. Tony Gonsolin is going to be on the bump for the Dodgers. And Blake Snell is going to be going 
for the Padres. The Padres find themselves as an underdog, anywhere between plus 145 and plus 165. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at LA, it is anywhere between minus 167 and a minus 180. 7.5 is your total over and under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And if you're taking a look at the Dodgers online, find that anywhere between plus 115 and plus 120. I was honestly willing to take this, laying a very small price on the Dodgers. I'm going to be taking a look at this run line, and I laid it out with Holden. The fact that with Blake Snell, it's just a case in which he can't wind up finding the plate. Five walks per nine innings surrendered, and it's really bad on the road for Blake Snell. Nearly seven walks per nine innings surrendered in his road starts ever since he wound up getting to San Diego prior to the start of the 2021 season. Like, I mean, in 14 and a third innings on the road thus far this season, he's only allowing opponents hit a 200 off of him, but he's got 10 walks in those 14 and a third innings as well. He still winds up getting some good swings and misses overall this year, right around nine and a half to ten strikeouts per nine innings, but he just winds up putting guys on base too cheaply, and he winds up having just blow-ups towards the middle of games as well. Meanwhile, Tony Gonsolin, he's been about as steady as Eddie as it gets. He has given up two runs or fewer in each out of his 14 starts, has been able to deliver at least five and two-thirds innings, and now eight out of the team's last 11 starts that they've given to him. He's given up six home runs over the course of 74 innings, and for Gonsolin, 0-81 home ERA in his six starts, with opponents hitting a buck 18 off of him. Now, that's just not sustainable. That is going to be winding up going up a little bit, and for Gonsolin, he has been giving up right around 2.7 walks per nine innings, but by and large, has been able to do a masterful job for the team, and then you do take a look at this San Diego Padres lineup. We were talking about it with Owen Kushner with LA, and the fact that they're missing some guys. The Padres, they wound up getting back Manny Machado yesterday, so that is going to be able to help them out a little bit. What form of Manny Machado we're going to be getting, that is a little bit of a question mark, though, but he's saying a 325, he is the only guy other than Jerickson Profar that has been able to give the team really more than seven home runs thus far this season, along with Luke Voigt as well. But speaking of Profar, he, Jake Cronenworth, Austin Supernola, they're in between about a 240 to 250 with Jose Azucar as well. No Mazar has been able to get on base, but got guys like Trent Grisham, Awesome Kim, CJ Abrams that they need to pick it up for the team. And for the LA Dodgers, it has been a case in which you've got Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman doing a great job of being able to set the table. Hitting above a 3 for the team. Now, I mentioned this with Holden as well. Got a lot of struggling bats when it comes to this Dodgers team. Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Max Muncie, they have not been able to hit above a 220 all season long. You do have Gavin Lux, who's been hitting nearly a 300. Will Smith, he's starting to get jiggy with it. 12 home runs, hitting above 260, good on base percentage. But that said, I do think that this is going to be a game that winds up trending to the under, especially with what we were laying out. The ball just doesn't wind up flying as much in LA during the nighttime. So, 7 total is 7.3. I'm looking under. And with the Dodgers, I'm willing to take them on the run line. I do think that they should dominate a Padres team that they're still a little bit rough with regards to the bets, even with Manny Machado back in the fold. And I will say for the Padres, averaging over five runs per game on the road thus far this season. 9-13, 9-14 on the bank board. The Tampa Bay Rays, they're on the road facing off against the Toronto Blue Jays as Jose Barrios is going to be going for the Jays and Corey Kluber is on the bump for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is finding themselves as a bit of an underdog in this spot. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 115 and plus 125. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Toronto Blue Jays, you're going to be getting them anywhere between minus 125 and minus 149 is your total. The over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 105. And the Tampa Bay Rays needed at least a plus 117 to be able to take a shot on them. So I'm going to be taking a look at that plus price now with the Tampa Bay Rays. You do want to be keeping in mind that the team is going to be without a few of their normal bullpen pieces because they are not vaccinated for COVID-19. When you wind up going north of the border, that is a little bit of a requirement. 
experiment. I'm not the one that sets the rules. I am not even a part of that country, so do not wind up blaming me. I am just a messenger on that, so the Tampa Bay Rays, they are going to be a little bit short-handed with that regard, and I do think that that needs to be a little bit of a part of the handicap, but Corey Kluber has actually been able to do a relatively solid job this season. He has had a little bit of an issue on the road, wound up having a tough start against the LA Angels, but by and large, 386 road ERA compared to a 308 home ERA. That's not too bad. Nine home runs surrendered over the course of 73 innings, a little bit more than one for nine innings, but he has really been able to have good command. He's giving up right in the neighborhood about 1.4 walks per nine innings, so he's done a solid job, even though he does wind up giving up a little bit of contact, and this is a Blue Jays team that they're going to be able to do a good job of being able to put the ball in play, as you've had just an amazing season thus far out of Alejandro Kirk. He's been able to above a 300, so that has been something that you really cannot scoff at. You've also had Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, and George Springer at the top hitting between about a 262-275 combined Vlad Guerrero Jr., has been able to supply the boom. He's been able to give you 17, 18 home runs thus far this season. Then Boba Shed has been able to be in that double-digit range along George Springer. And got other guys like Santiago Espino from time to time that are able to get on base for this team. And it's been interesting to take a look at Matt Chapman this season. Feels like he'll have a series or two in which he's super hot. And he winds up going cold, hitting a 225 overall this season. But hey, Oscar Hernandez, no question, he has been big for this bunch as well. After he wanted being injured to begin the season, has been hitting right around a 320 over the last three days. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, just a case of which the bottom of the lineup has been tough for this team. As Brent Phillips, Taylor Wall, Vidal Brujan, Josh Lowe, these guys hitting sub-200 has been tough. But Isaac Paredes has five home runs over the last 10 days. For this team, you've got Juan Franco back in full. Yandy Diaz, G-Man Choi, both of these guys have been able to provide right around a 375 on base. And for the race, even though the bullpen is still a little bit depleted, it certainly is better than that of the Toronto Blue Jays. As for the Blue Jays, Matt Gage has been one of your best guys. Jordan Romano hasn't necessarily been overly trustworthy in ninth inning. He's been okay in Adam Simber. He's had some recent follow-ups, so David Phelps has been able to do a solid job. And for the race, even with the guys that are not available due to the COVID-19 vaccination status, you still have Jason Adam, sub-2 ERA out of him. You've been able to get some good innings out of Colin Pooch all season. Matt Weisler wanted getting used as an opener yesterday, but you're able to use something like a Phoenix Sanders in long relief as well. So I do think that the Tampa Bay Rays provide value at a plus 117 or greater. So I'm going to be willing to take a shot there. And interesting when it comes to this total because got a Toronto Blue Jays team that I do think that they're going to be able to get a little bit better start here from Jose Barrios. He has always been a pitcher that has done a better job whenever he has been at home rather than on the road. And hey, we saw Yusei Kikuchi land a good start yesterday, which was a little bit of an upset. But you take a look at Barrios and he's got a 586 ERA overall, but 318 ERA at home, 792 on the road. Out of his 17 home runs surrendered, just five have come in Toronto this season, despite the innings discrepancy being within 10. His strikeouts per nine rated as well down this year. He's getting right around 7.3 strikeouts per nine innings. Hasn't necessarily been walking a lot of guys, just been giving a lot of contact in general, but nearly a 100-point difference between his batting average at home versus on the road. So this is the spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the race. So by total at a 9.2 side, the 9 will be taking a look at this little over as well, especially with that Blue Jays bullpen. 9.15, 9.16 on the main board. The New York Yankees at the road face off against the Cleveland Guardians as Aaron Savali is going to be going for the Guardians and you've got Garrett Cole who's going to be on the bump for the Yankees. The Yankees find themselves as one of the biggest favorites on the board. Anywhere between minus 205 and minus 220. Meanwhile, with the Guardians, you're getting anywhere between plus 180 and plus 185. Eight is your total over and under. Anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. This is a total that opened up at 7.5, so we've seen it take up a little bit, and I agree with the move. I'm willing to 
take the over, as I wound up saying my total at an 8.3. And with the Cleveland Guardians, needed at least a plus 180 to be able to take a shot in. Pretty much across the board, we've got a minimum of a plus 180. With Aaron Savali, it has not necessarily been the world's greatest year for him, as he's posting up an ERA that is well north of 6. And just our contact in general has not been going his way. He's got a fielding independent that hovers right in the neighborhood about 5. Meanwhile, his ERA is a 7.20. So, it's not like he's been terrific with regards to the advanced numbers, but he hasn't been quite as bad as it's shown out to be thus far. He's given up right in the neighborhood about 1.4 home runs per 9 innings. His walks per 9 rate, that's up a little bit as well. 2.8 walks per 9 innings. I still feel like he's sort of paying for the sins of last season where he wound up having north of a 5 ERA, wound up giving up right around 1.7 home runs per 9 innings, yet wound up having a 3.84 ERA and a 12-5 and record. So that was a little bit of an outlier. And then you take a look at Garrett Cole. Ever since his first couple of starts of the season were relatively rough, he's been able to lock in. 3.93 ERA on the road this far this season. A lot of those wanted coming a little bit earlier in the campaign. Has been giving up our contact as well. Right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings, 2.4 walks per nine, but guys just getting K's. Right around 15 strikeouts per nine innings, and now he faces off against the Guardians team that they're the best team in the league in terms of not striking out. Fewest strikeouts on a per nine inning basis, and with the Cleveland Guardians, you've really only got one guy that has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers, but we saw the two guys with nine, Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez, both have walk-offs over the last two days, as a lot of guys behind Jose Ramirez are getting on base. Ramirez, 63 RBI, he's hitting right around 300 for the team, but you've got Andres Jimenez and Josh Naylor, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Naylor hitting a 265, Jimenez hitting a little bit above a 300, and then past that, you've got Amit Rosario, Stephen Kwan, along with Oscar Gonzalez, all in the neighborhood between about a 280 to a 290, and then past that, Oh, Miller's been able to hit right around 245. Richie Palaceros is able to in the pocket of about a 265. And for the Guardians, it is a relatively solid bullpen. Now, they might not have Emmanuel Classe available in this game. He wanted pitching a lot in that series against the Minnesota Twins. And, you know, been seeing a little bit of a falloff for Eli Morgan recently, but he and Sam Hentages, a pair of failures as starters, they've been able to come out of the bullpen. They've got sub three ERAs. Brian Shaw, who has really been one of the less trustworthy guys for the Cleveland Guardians, he wanted getting used up yesterday. And for the Yankees, I did wind up downgrading them a little bit because of just some strange travel in general. They wound up playing that series against the Oakland A's, had to travel for a random one-game series against the Houston Astros. Now they wind up having to go to Cleveland, so they've sort of been bouncing all over the place, and I do think that that warrants a few cents of a downgrade. In normal circumstances, I'd be setting this more around probably about a minus 185 to a minus 190 on the money line rather than making the minus 177, so just want to keep that in mind, but Claybro Torres, John Carlos San, both of these guys are going to get 250. Both of these guys have been able to do a solid job of being able to go deep as you've got Stanton, who's been able to give you 19 home runs. Anthony Rizzo, he's got 21 bombs as he and Aaron Judge now have combined 50 home runs this season. It is absolutely insane. Jose Trevino, Isaiah Canera-Falefa, DJ LeMayu, these guys in between about a 255 to 260. And for the New York Yankees, bullpen is a little bit spent based on the fact that they just have not had a day off in general. But Wani Peralta is going to be available along with Clay Holmes. These guys have a sub-3 ERA. They used up Ron Maranakio yesterday, but only for 14 pitches. So it is a relatively rested and good-to-go New York Yankees bullpen that they and the 
Houston Astros who they wound up facing off against yesterday. One and two in terms of bullpen ERA. I do think that we're going to see some good bullpen pitching, but Garrett Cole has shown to be given up a little bit more hard contact than you'd like this season. I do think that the Guardians provide quite a bit of value here, getting north of a plus 180 on them at home now. Do note that the Cleveland Guardians are only averaging right around 0.7 home runs per game at home. That has been a little bit of an issue, but I do think that they're going to be able to get to Garrett Cole. I think that with them just not striking out in general, they're going to be able to make some hard contact. So looking at the over and looking at the Guardians plus price, 917-918 on the banking board. The Kansas City Royals at third face off against the Detroit Tigers. Says it is good old to be determined for the Tigers. I was seeing Alex Fiedo a little bit earlier. Currently, this is off the board, though, as we know that it's going to be Brad Keller for the Kansas City Royals. When I was handicapping that it was going to be Alex Fiedo against Brad Thunder Keller, wound up making the Tigers a minus-132 favorite, and this was a scenario in which an 8 or less, I'd be looking at an over 8.5 or higher to the under with the Tigers. If it does wind up being a bullpen game instead of Fiedo, I honestly wouldn't be downgrading them too much. It would take someone really untrustworthy. Like, we wound up seeing Elvin Rodriguez a little bit earlier this season. Wind up getting starts for the Detroit Tigers. Then I would have to downgrade them a little bit. But in some sort of a bullpen game, the Tigers being in that pocket of about a minus 125 to a minus 135, depending upon who winds up going, that would be probably what I'd be taking a look at here. So the minus 132 with an 8 or less looking at the over 8.5 prior to the under in a bullpen game, relatively representative with maybe a couple pennies of movement is what I'm going to be taking a look at because with the Detroit Tigers, the bullpen pitching has actually been really good. They're sixth in the league in terms of bullpen ERA, and you've got a couple of former starters like a Michael Fulmer who have been out there doing a solid job. You've also got Willie Peralta who's been able to do his part. Both of these guys have a sub-3 ERA. You've been able to get some really good innings as well out of someone like an Alex Lang is posting up a sub-250 ERA. Gregory Soto has been a lights-out closer, and for the Kansas City Royals, this is a bottom-five bullpen in terms of ERA. You've currently got Josh Stamount on the fold. They're relying upon guys like Daniel Magnin and Matt Peacock to be able to give them innings, and for Brad Keller, he's always been better whenever he's pitched at home rather than on the road. Overall, a 2-9 record and a 4.56 ERA. It's been able to rein in those home and road splits a little bit more this season. 4.98 road ERA, 4.23 home ERA, giving up overall 10 home runs over the course of 79 innings, which it's not too bad. Walks have always been a little bit of concern for him, and he's got right around 2.9 walks per 9 innings. So he's been able to do a little bit better job there. Only gives you right around 6 strikeouts per 9 innings, though. But when you're backed up by guys like Amir Garrett out there in the bullpen, that's not great, though. I will say Scott Barlow, he's been halfway decent. And then you do take a look at this Kansas City Royals lineup. Bobby Wood Jr. has been able to hit right around at 265 over the last 30 days. He's now got 11 home runs. He and Salvador Perez, who's been banged up all season, really leading the way with that regard. You don't have anyone else that's hit more than 7. When Merrifield has been able to pick up his batting average a little bit, but he, MJ Melendez, Kyle Isabel, throwing their Nicky Lopez. All these guys are in between about a 222 to a 230 this season. Carlos Santana is now on the Seattle Mariners, so that's a little bit of an issue on her Dozier. He's able to hit 250, and been able to get a little bit of something out of Michael A. Taylor and Andrew Benatendi. Both of these guys are in above a 275, but Royals have been rough in terms of their offense all season long. And you want to speak of rough offenses, how about a Detroit Tigers team that are averaging fewer than three runs per game thus far this season, as Miguel Cabrera has been able to hit 300 able to do a solid job, and Riley Green since getting promoted up to the big leagues, he has actually been very good, hitting at 285, but you've got Javi Baez, Jonathan Scope, Jamir Candelario, Cody Clements, Spencer Torkelson, 
Tucker Barnard, Eric Haas, Robbie Grossman, all hitting at 222 or lower, and you don't have a single guy in this roster with more than seven home runs. So that's a little bit of an issue, even with all the pitching issues that this team does wind up having. This is going to be a case which some sort of a Tigers bullpen game would be looking at them right in that minus 130-ish pocket, and like I said, eight or less, looking at an over eight and a half prior to the under. 919, 920 on the betting board. The Houston Astros, they're going to be playing LCLA Angels as you got Michael Lorenzen, who's going to be going for the Angels, and one Christian Avier is going to be on the bump for Houston. Houston has found themselves as a mid-sized favorite here. You're going to be finding them anywhere between a minus 142 and a minus 155. Meanwhile, with the Halos, it's between plus 125 and plus 135. In F is your total under saying between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is between even a minus 105. And when it comes to LA, set them at more around a plus 180 underdog because it's not been going well for them. And Christian Javier coming off of by far his longest start of the season. He was a part of that combined no-hitter of the Astros last week of the New York Yankees. And I just feel like people have been sleeping on Christian Javier for a long time. I felt like even last year, he should have been a starter over Jake Odorizzi, and he is going out there, and he is just shoving right now. I mean, this guy, with regards to strikeouts per nine innings, that hovers right in the pocket of about 11.5. Walks are a little bit of an issue with Christian Javier, right around 3.5 walks per nine innings, but he has given up two runs or fewer, and now four out of his last five starts. He's actually been a little bit more suspect on the road rather than at home as well. Buck 95 ERA at home, so that actually helps his cost a little bit more. He's given up just four home runs over the course of his 62 and two-thirds innings. Opponents are a buck 88 off of him. For the LA Angels, this is a lineup that is very formidable, and you've got a lot of guys that will go deep. Mike Trout, prime example of that, 23 home runs in a 285. You got Choi Otani, Jared Walsh, they've been able to give you a combined 30 home runs, both in between about a 262 and 265. And Choi Otani, we can talk about all that we want with regards to what he's been able to do with regards to his pitching, but you take a look at the way that the bat has been able to arise over here in the last 30 days. He's sitting at 296. He's been able to supply six home runs, so he's really been able to get it going there. Brandon Marshall hasn't necessarily been able to do as much for the CME. Luis Ranifo, in between about a 232 and 240, and the other guys that you were hoping would be able to take those strides forward, like Max Sassy, Taylor Wade, Kurt Suzuki. They just have not been there, though. I will say Taylor Ward, right around a four-round base, double-digit amount of homers for him, but for the LA Angels. You've got Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, Rossio Glacis, who's seventh through ninth inning guys, all posting up a 350 ERA or worse. Jose Quijada has honestly been one of the best relievers for the team. Elvis Piguero, you don't want any part of him. 1454 is his ERA, and the Houston Astros, named the New York Yankees, who wound up doing battle yesterday. They currently have the best bullpen ERAs out there in the big leagues. Even someone like a Seth Martinez has posted up a one ERA. You've been able to get some really good innings out of Ryan Sandick. He's posting up a one ERA. You did wind up having Ryan Presley get used yesterday, but... Uh, by and large, a relatively rested Houston Astros bullpen with the way that they've been able to get quality starts. And I think that Christian Javier is going to be able to do a much better job here than Michael Lorenzen, who has been, in my opinion, a little bit lucky. Not much of a swing in this guy. Right around seven strikeouts per nine innings, 424 ERA. And with Michael Lorenzen, you take a look at what he's been able to do on the road this season. 614 road ERA compared to a 279 at home. He's actually only given up two home runs in his road starts, by the way, as well. It's just a case in which opponents are at nearly 70 points higher off of him. And He's also surrendering right around three and a half walks per nine innings. So this is a case in which I'm going to be taking a look at the Houston Astros. And if you're looking at the Astros on the run line, find that anywhere between about a plus 135 to a plus 145. Honestly, 
I think that this is a case in which it's worth taking that plus price on the run line just with how bad that LA Angels is. I know that you're rolling the dice a little bit with not getting those last inning ups in the ninth inning if the Astros are up by, say, one run. But with that said, I'm going to be willing to roll the dice. I'm willing to take a nice plus price on this Astros run line. Did wind up setting it at an 8.3 as well in terms of the total because I think the Christian Javier is going to once again be masterful in this one. So looking at the under and looking at an Astros run line. 921-922 on the bank board. The Baltimore Orioles hit the red face off against the Minnesota the Twins as Joe Ryan is going to be on the bump for the Twinkies and Spencer Watkins is on the bump for Baltimore. This total has went way up from the opener of 7.5 as we're right now at 8.5 in some spots with that over juice at minus 130 and the under at plus 110. Meanwhile, on the 9 that I'm seeing at quite a few spots, the under is any between minus 115 to minus 130, the over is any between plus 110 and minus 105 and Minnesotans find themselves as a big giant favorite, any between minus 205 and minus 225. Meanwhile, the Orioles are finding themselves as high as plus $2, as low as plus 170 and I think that we're starting to get up a little bit too higher with the Minnesota Twins. I was willing to lay up to a minus 192 on the money line with them, and if you're taking a look at the run line of the Twins, you're finding it at even money to a minus 105. I would rather have the Orioles on the money line. I do recognize that they've been the best run line team out there in the big leagues, but I mean, it is a case which I do think that bookmakers are really starting to place that into the... Uh, run line prices of the Baltimore Orioles because they've currently got a bullpen that ranks in the top six in the big leagues in terms of ERA and we were talking about it with Holden Kushner. It's just a whole bunch of guys for this Baltimore Orioles team that I'd be able to step up. Here are the four guys I was alluding to a little bit earlier in that interview that all have an ERA of a buck 96 or better. Dylan Tate, Felix Batista, CNL Perez, Ore Lopez. These guys have been absolutely terrific and Marcos Ziplan, whenever he's out there, he's been able to do a solid job. Keegan Aiken, the long guy, he's got a 235 ERA. Joey Kribo has been able to do a solid job. And for the Minnesota Twins, it's not a great bullpen. It's not a terrible bullpen, but you've got to fear that all the games that they want to play in Cleveland, including a double dip, that that wound up taking a little bit out of them. Yohan Duran, he is right now leading the league in terms of pitches thrown at 100 plus miles per hour. He has been very, very good for the team. Griffin Jackson is able to give you a little bit of length as well. He's posting up right around 270 ERA, but Emilio Pagan. He has been letting balls be up again. He's got north of a 5-year-8. Killed Theobar has not been terrific. Tyler Thornburg wound up blowing the game yesterday. And for the Baltimore Orioles, you've got plenty of bats that are able to get on base for this team. As you've got Trey Boomer Mancini, Austin the Sayers kid, throwing their Ryan Mountcastle. All these guys in between about a 275 to a 280. Mancini has been a little bit banged up in recent days, but still got a relatively formidable lineup, especially with Hayes, Mountcastle, along with Anthony Santander. I'll give you between 11 and 14 home runs. Now, there is a little bit of fall-off with a lot of these guys at the bottom of the fold, like Ore Mateo, does a good job of being able to field and seal bases, but he, Rude Adodor, throwing there, Richie Martin, Tyler Nevin, Robinson Torino, these guys in a 200 lower, that is a little bit of an issue, and you've got fewer of those dead bats when it comes to Minnesota Twins, especially with Luis Arias being such a good table setter for the team, hitting a 340 Byron Buxton, he's able to give you a home run every about 10 to 10 and a half at bats, he's got 20 bombs as far as the season, but hasn't necessarily been able to hit for a lot of average right now, he, Max Kepler, Ore Palenco, along with Trevor Larnich, they're only between about a 230 to a 245 throw in there, Jose Miranda as well, but you've got Nick Gordon giving you right around 260 batting average along Gio Rochelle. So, got plenty of you guys that have a reach base for the team. And Joe Ryan has been able to do a very solid job as a starter. 320 ERA. Not necessarily wipeout stuff with right around 8 strikeouts per 9 innings. The walks per 9, it is not like supreme, but 2.7-ish per 9 innings. 
keeps the ball in the yard, giving up one home run per nine innings. He doesn't necessarily stand out in one way. He's just a really steady guy. Meanwhile, for Spencer Watkins, this is going to be his second start since he wanted coming off and wanted missing much of the month of June. And throughout his career, he's always been a little bit shaky, especially with giving up the deep ball last season. And home runs for nine rate, that was well above two, but seems to have reined it in a little bit more this season. Now, 514 ERA is not necessarily too terrific with him, but he's actually been a little bit better on the road than he has been at home. 482 road ERA compared to a 551 ERA at home. And he honestly, on the road last season, wound up having a 540 ERA compared to a 1031 at home. This is someone that it just seems like Baltimore does not wind up being able to suit him very well. So I do think that this allows him a little bit more of an opportunity being backed up by that good bullpen. That is going to be able to help them out. So I am going to be willing to take the Baltimore Orioles at a plus 195 or greater in this spot. So we're going to be riding with that. 712 at 8.6 as well. So here at the 9, looking at an under and I'm going to be looking at Baltimore. 923, 924 on the betting board. You've got the Seattle Mariners playing out to the Oakland A's. James Caprillion is going to be going for the A's. And one, Marco Gonzalez is on the bump for Seattle. Over and under are both between a minus 105 to a minus 115 with the total at 810 with Seattle. You're going to be finding them as a big favorite anywhere between minus 185 and minus 205. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Oakland, it's anywhere between plus 160 and plus 185. And with Oakland, I needed at least a plus 175 to be able to take a shot. And we have gotten there with Marco Gonzalez. Just a case in which got the guy that gives up way too much our contact. You take a look at what Marco Gonzalez is on this season, and he's given up over 1.5 more months per nine innings, and Marco Gonzalez was always a pitcher that was able to put up halfway decent numbers because he didn't give up a lot of walks. He's given up right around 3.3 walks per nine innings. He is a very, very lucky to have just a 3.31 ERA this season because he's not getting strikeouts either. His strikeouts per nine rate is barely above five. I am still befuddled as to how Marco Gonzalez has been able to, for lack of a better term, be able to smoke and mirrors his way to this current 331 ERA because you take a look at the fielding independent that he has been posting. It certainly is much, much greater than that. And then you do take a look at the flip side and what you're going to be able to get out of James Caprillion. And I can make the argument that he's been a little bit unlucky this season. He was actually halfway decent last year. This year, he's been giving up right around two home runs per nine innings of walks, four and a half per nine innings. That's not necessarily too terrific. And even last year, he wound up having a worse road ERA than he did a home ERA. This year, it's been a little bit of reversal. But either way, it's been bad as he's got right around a 546 road ERA compared to a home ERA of a 645, but I do think that the Oakland A's are going to be able to get a little bit more offense moving forward. They did wind up being able to reintroduce to the lineup Stephen Piscotty, so that is going to be able to help them out a little bit. You've got Seth Brown, who's been able to give the team 10 home runs. You've also had Sean Murphy be able to give you 8. It's just a case in which you don't have a lot of guys being able to give you much of anything in terms of batting average. Christian Bethencourt, and we are now in July 1st, is your top leader in terms of batting average at a 242. Ramon Laureano, Steven Piscotti, they're able to draw a couple walks. That should be able to help this team out a little bit, but you really don't have a guy that's able to give you a lot of stolen bases. It's really been a sad and unfortunate situation for the Oakland A's, but good news is they're facing off against the Seattle Mariners bullpen that has not necessarily been too terrific. Ben Murphy has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA, and Eric Swanson is back in the fold after he was a little bit banged up by Diego Castillo. Andres Munoz, both of these guys have north of a 4 ERA. Drew's second rider was so bad that you wound up getting DFA'd, so you don't have a lot of faith 
in those guys. Meanwhile, Sam Mall, AJ Puck both have sub three ERAs. Sam Selman is someone that I've always liked. He's got a 450 ERA. He's able to give you a little bit of length. And then for Seattle, they're dealing with an offense that is currently a little bit banged up itself. As for this Mariners team, Ty France is currently on the injured list. Now, Julio Rodriguez has been amazing. 12 home runs, 19 stolen bases. He's hitting at 270 in Eugenio Suarez. 13 home runs. He's been able to give you right around a 325 on base, but Jesse Winker's had a big time down year. He and Adam Frazier in between about a 221 to a 235, and then Abraham Toro, Cal Raleigh, Dylan Moore. These are guys hanging below the Mendoza line of 200. So I do think that the Seattle Mariners should be a relatively solid favorite here, but as we were talking about with our good friend Holden as well, always have to take into account that the ball doesn't fly as much in Seattle during the nighttime as it does during the daytime. I did wind up saying this total at a 7.8. I'm going to be taking a look at the under and getting north of plus 175. Taking a shot here on Oakland as we go to 925-926 on the bang board. The Chicago Cubs are going to be playing us to the Boston Red Sox. Rich Hill is going to be going for the Sox and Adrian Sampson is on the bump for the Cubs. Currently, we've got no numbers up on this game, whether it be for the total or the side. Typically, you don't wind up having a total in a game that's going to be played at Wrigley Field until the AM, so that makes quite a bit of sense. But with that said, we don't have money lines either. And when it comes to this spot, I do think that we should be seeing the Chicago Cubs as a relatively sizable underdog. As I'm a Boston, minus 153 in this spot. Willing to take the run line as long as I'm getting a plus 115 or greater. And this is a total in which an 8 or less. I'm going to be taking a look at the over 8 and a half or higher. I am going to be taking a look at the under as it looks like the wind is going to be blowing in a little bit. Now, it's not going to be overly intense right around 8-ish miles per hour is what I'm currently seeing right now. But... I do have a little bit more faith here in Rich Hill rather than Adrian Sampson. And Sampson actually provided a halfway decent start his first time out for this Chicago Cubs team. He has been a just a little bit of a journeyman in general. In the KBO two seasons ago, he was actually pitching for the Lote Giants, and he wound up having a north of 5 ERA out there. Has really been able to find it once again ever since coming back to the States. He wound up doing a lot during that 2020 season. And small sample size. 10 and two-thirds innings, but has only given up two home runs as far this season across two long relief appearances and a start. But I think that the more that tape winds are getting out on him, the more that he is going to be getting figured out. You take a look at the 2021 season, and he also had a 280 ERA that season as well. But that was, once again, one of those cases which it's not because he wound up getting a lot of swings and misses right around seven strikeouts per nine innings. And he posted up a 280 ERA while giving up right around two home runs per nine innings. That is almost impossible to do. Meanwhile, Rich Hill, you've got a little bit more of a sample size with him, and he's actually been halfway decent recently. Three earned runs or fewer, given up and now each out of his last five starts, posting up three ERA in the month of June, and for Rich Hill, he's been able to do a very good job on the road. 250 road area, 649 area at home with the wind blowing in because he's not getting as many swings and misses this point of his career with right around seven strikeouts for nine innings. That's going to be able to help him out, and the command has been better for Rich Hill as well. Right around 2.6, 2.7 walks for nine innings, and you take a look at this Boston Red Sox lineup, and got a trio of guys that have been able to do an absolutely amazing job of being able to get on base. You've got J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers in between a 3.13 to a 3.28. And now Jaron Duran is hitting about a 3.25 to be able to join these guys. Christian Vasquez, whenever he's been out there, he's been hitting right around a 2.90. And then Alex Verdugo has really been able to find it for this team. How about him over the last three days hitting a 3.33 with nearly a 400 on base? Not a lot of power out of him. You wind up getting that from Trevor Story, only a 2.25, but 12 bombs over 50 RBI. And Rafael Devers is able to provide 17 home runs. And for the Boston Red Sox, Bullpen has been looking a little bit better recently. Austin Davis has been able to provide a sub-3 ERA. Tanner Houck has been 
able to do a much better job of being able to acclimate to the bullpen. Ezra Robles has been a little bit of a disaster, but Ada Casa Sadamona, sub-3 ERA for the Chicago Cubs over the last 30 days. Their bullpen ERA, north of a 6. Rowan Wick, Scott Efres, these guys have just completely regressed out there in the bullpen. They've got north of a 4-5 ERA over the last, we're going to call it, five weeks or so. And then past that, we've got Michael Gibbons, who's now been giving you north of a 4 ERA. It has been a sad state of affairs when it comes to someone like Daniel Norris posting up north of a 7 ERA. You really don't have any long relief when it comes to the team. But what you do have with the Chicago Cubs is guys are able to get on base for the team as Wilson Contreras has been able to hit 280. He's been able to give the team 13 home runs to Patrick Wisdom. 14 home runs, he's starting to walk a little bit more. Fortunately for Patrick Wisdom, he's on pace for 200 strikeouts this season, so that's not necessarily been too terrific, but past that, P.J. Higgins, Ian App, along with Rafael Ortega, Christopher Morrell, they're in between about a 260 to 275 with App being able to provide nearly a 380 on base. Frank Schwindel has had a little bit of a rough season, and T.A. Suzuki being on the fold has hurt the seam a little bit, but with that said, I'm willing to make the Red Sox a little bit north of a minus 150 favorite here, and with regards to the total, 8 or less, going to be taking a look at an over 8.5 rider to the under, 927-928 on the betting board. The Texas Rangers hit the road. They're facing off against the New York Mets. Chris Bassett as you look line and sinker for the Mets, and Glenn Otto is on the bump for Texas. Texas back to being an underdog. Many between plus 150 and plus 170. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Metropolitans, you're going to be getting them between a minus 175 to a minus 185. 8.5 is your total over and under and between minus 105 and minus 115. Seeing a straight 8 out there, that overduces minus 120 and the under is even. And for Glenn Otto, he's been able to do a nice job throughout his career of being able to get some quality swings and misses. He's only been able to, this season, get right around 7.3 strikeouts per 9 innings. But if you take a look at the minor league numbers, I do think that he's going to be able to see a little bit of positive progression here. The big thing with Glenn Otto, though, is that his walks and his command in general just has been off. 4-3 record, but a 5.31 ERA because he is providing right around 5.4 walks per 9 innings. You take a look at his home and road splits thus far this season, and he's been significantly better away from Texas. 2.57 road ERA compared to an 8.02 ERA at home, giving up just one home run in 21 innings on the road. Four home runs in 21 and a third innings at home with his opponent's batting average dropping by nearly 100 points when he winds up leaving Texas. And for Chris Bassett, he has been having a little bit of a tough time with the deep ball, giving up 13 home runs in 89 and two-thirds innings. And his walks per nine rate, relatively solid, 2.6 walks per nine, nine and a half strikeouts per nine. But the big thing for Chris Bassett is that he has just been getting shelled on the road. Meanwhile, at home, 316 home So I do think that him pitching in New York, that's critical. It's a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark with how deep the fences are on item for the New York Mets. They provide a team that, just in terms of batting average, they're in the top two of the league, hitting a 256 as a collective. You've got Pete Alonso going deep 22 times thus far this season. Francisco Lindor over 55 RBI thus far. And I have a lot of guys that have just been able to move the line, get on base. As you've got Jeff McNeil, Luis Galorme hitting above a threer. And then you got Brandon Nimmo, Marcana, Sterling Marte hitting between about a 272, 280. And for Texas, you don't have as many guys that consistently get on base. You have been able to have Corey Seager be able to give you 15 home runs, but he and Marcus Simeon both hitting in that neighborhood about a 238. Elise Garcia over the last 30 days, he's got nine home runs. He's hitting above a threer in that time span. Overall, 15 home runs as far this season, eight low. He's been able to provide a 280 batting average. And then you do have a couple guys like 
Jonah Heim, Kokelun, ending in that pocket about a 240 to a 250. Charlie Culberson, as well as Ezekiel Duran. Whenever he's gotten at bats, has been halfway solid. And for the Rangers, bullpen has been good for this team. Brock Burke, a sub 2 ERA. Joe Barlow has been relatively trustworthy, right around a 2 8 for him, along with Matt Moore having an ERA in the low twos as well. Dennis Santana has been a nice addition for the team as well. And for the New York Mets, been a little bit touch and go with guys like a Jolie Rodriguez, Jason Shreve, but Drew Smith, sub 3 ERA, had a little bit of a rough series against the Houston Astros, but has been able to do a solid job throughout the entirety of the season. Ado Diz, Medina, along with Seth Lugo, they've had their downers, but Edwin Diaz has been one of the better closers out there in the big league. So I did wind up making the Mets a minus 195 in this spot. I just don't think that the Rangers are going to be able to travel well, even though they're a team that they're actually a game or two above 500 on the road thus far this season. But I do think that Bassett, being in New York, that suits them very well. If you're taking a look at the run line, you're finding it anywhere between about even money to a plus 110. I was willing to lay up to a minus 105 with this Mets run line, so I'm going to be taking them laying a run and a half here. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.3 as well as it's a Rangers team that they have a little bit of a tough time hitting when they do wind up hitting the road, and I do think that Bassett going to be able to keep the ball in the yard looking at the under and looking at the Mets run line, and we wrap things up with 929-930 on the main board the Chicago White Sox at the road face-off against the San Francisco Giants. Alex Cobb is going to be going for the Giants, and Lance Lynn is on the bump for the Southsiders. 7.5 is your total over and under, anywhere team minus 105, minus 115. Seeing a straight 8 out there as well, that under is anywhere team minus 120 to a minus 125. The over is anywhere between even and plus 105. When it comes to the Giants, find them between minus 140 and minus 150, between plus 130 and plus 135, seeing straight plus 125 out there as well, is your price on the White Sox. And with the Giants, was willing to lay up to a minus 144 with them. Now, Alex Cobb has been one of the most unlucky pitchers I've seen in quite a long time. His fielding independent is more than two points lower than his ERA because it's just been a case in which every single ball that winds up getting put in play, it winds up going against them. There's been quite a few errors out there in the field. There's just been a lot of fluky situations that have been happening in his starts in general as Alex Cobb has only been able to go 46 innings in his 10 total starts. His home runs per nine rate is one. His walks per nine rate, that's hovering right around at 2.8. He's able to get a little bit over 10 and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Just been a case in which every single ball that winds up getting put in play winds up finding a hole. Opponents are at 288 off of them overall. And for Lancelin, just has not been good since coming off of the injured list. In three starts, these are against the Tigers, the Blue Jays, and the Orioles. He has given up at least three runs at every one of them, including against the Orioles and the Blue Jays. A combined 11 and two-thirds innings, a combined 11 runs surrendered. He has given up three home runs as far as the season. I feel like he was rushed back a little bit. This is not the same Lance Lynn that we wound up seeing last season. He's been able to get swings and misses. A little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings. The command hasn't been bad. Opponents are a 300 off of him. He's just leaving balls in the middle of the plate right now, and it's not backed up by much of a bullpen. Liam Hendricks has been dealing with an injury. He's currently on the injured list. Joe Kelly is absolutely terrible. He's got north of an ADRA. Matt Foster is north of a 5 ERA. Kendall Grayman has been solved, but Rinaldo Lopez is right now one of your more trustworthy relievers, and when you're in that case, that's not great, and Vince Velasquez has actually been halfway okay out there in the bullpen. Well, that's becoming one of your more formidable options. You know that things are not going great, and then this White Sox lineup, and you got a bunch of guys that they just hit left-handed pitching so much better than they wind up hitting righties. As they're currently in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of home runs in total against right-handed pitching, and they hit about a 243 against right-handed pitching. They hit 294 against lefties. That is a split of about 50 points. And you do take a look at guys like in Jose Abreu along with AJ Pollock. They have been able to hit above a 300 over the last three days. That has been very helpful for this team. And I mean, Jose Abreu, talk about a man possessed. 
you want to go a little bit deeper. Relies 30 days. Hitting a 355 with a 455 on base. Only four home runs, but it's been able to do a nice job moving the line. Andrew Vaughn is hitting above 300. Tim Anderson, he's hitting right around a 340. But some of these guys at the bottom of the fold, like Alluri Garcia, Gavin Sheets, Yohan Moncado, just wanted coming off the injured list. These guys are hitting a 225 or lower. And for the San Francisco Giants, they're averaging right around 4.7 runs per game at home, despite the fact that they've only got one guy. And it's able to give you a double-digit amount of formers in Jack Peterson. But it's because we've got a lot of guys that consistently get on base. Because along with Peterson, you've also got Tommy Lassell hitting in that neighborhood about a 275. Luis Gonzalez has been able to hit a little bit above a 300. And then this has been a bunch of they just find a way to move the line. As you've got Austin Slater along with Kirk Caselli, Austin Wins, Mike Ustremski, Wilmer Flores. Only in between about a 240 to a 250. Ustremski right around a 345 on base. Big concern that you got with the Giants. Bullpen has not necessarily been too terrific this season though. Jarlin Garcia, Camilio Duvall, both of these guys. Posting up a sub-3 ERA. John Brebbia has been able to give you some solid innings. He's got a sub-3 ERA, but Jake McGee has been a hot mess. Tyler Rogers has been able to lower his ERA recently. Sub-3 over the last 30 days, but he has been not necessarily reliable as well. You can tell that this is a team that, in my opinion, they're having a tough time moving on to life without Buster Posey, but I do think that positive progression here is going to be in for Alex Cobb, and with the way that Lance Lynn has been pitching in general, I do think that we're going to see a few runs in this game with the San Francisco Giants team that they do a great job of being able to move the line semi-total a little bit north of 8, so looking at a 7.5 over, one to lay up to a minus 144 with San Francisco, and that'll wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Vison Family Podcast. Big thanks to Holden Kushner. Does a great job with the Denver City Cast, powered by Bet Rivers, along with Run Pure Bets and Run Pure Sports. If you want to join me in the last segment, if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is by Twitter timeline at GNRS41. Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe it does not matter. So, as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com.
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.